glad in it to all of you join us right where you are through the internet to our blessed membership is able to join us here in person we want to enjoy, encourage you to join us in the worship a little something like this we want to tell you Go ahead and greet somebody. Welcome in the house of God. Oh, 
God, we come thanking you, Lord, first of all, for being who you are, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are the Alpha and the Omega, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that there's nothing catching you by surprise, for you know about each and every one of us, Lord. Lord, you know our desires, our wants, our needs, Heavenly Father. Father, you even know our thoughts are for all, Heavenly Father. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Right now, Lord, we invite you into this place, Heavenly Father. Right now, help us, Lord, to forget about ourselves and concentrate on you and worship you, Heavenly Father. For we have come here to worship you in truth and in spirit, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we magnify you, Lord. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. Amen. The scripture reading will come from Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. If you're able to stand under God's word, you may do so. Romans chapter 6. Beginning with verse 1, it says, Well, then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined we joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined with him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, 
and he will never die again. Death has no longer any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Amen.
serve an awesome God. He is worth to be praised. As we are blessed to come to the end of this new year, I'm sorry, the beginning of this new year, this January, our first month, and we are looking to continue to begin again, be born again, be fresh, be new. And we're going to close out about how we want to have our new life in Christ. Sir. We're going to look in this New Testament book, Romans, the sixth chapter. And as we are turning there, we're going to have a moment of prayer. Mighty God, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord, for you being a good God. Lord, thank you, Lord, for your love never failing. Thank you, Lord, that through all trials, tribulations, storms, toils, and snares, you brought us this far. Father, there's times that we didn't think we were going to make it. There's times that, Lord, we were wondering how we could get out. But, Father, as we look back, we found out, Lord, you have always been there. We thank you, Lord, you are present help in the time of trouble. That, Father, you stick closer than a brother. And thank you, Lord, you are our shelter. You are our rock. You are our redeemer. And so, Lord, we want to turn to you right now and hear a word from you. Speak, O oh God, your servants are listening. Uh, that we might grow in the admonition of you. Father, hide, hide your word in our heart that we might not sin against you. And Lord, we pray through this preaching power that we might see Jesus. And may we see him as our Lord and Savior as we walk in obedience according to your will, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 Modern commercials are always trying to sell you something new. They want you to replace what you already have because they understand that if I can make you like what I got, you'll get rid of the old and bring in something new. Out with the old and in with the new. Think about how these commercials are telling you that what, what is newer is always better. The commercial emphasizes what is new with this new product or item and how it will outperform and outlast the former product. You investigate and think how this might add on to your life, and you think about how I might need this newer version and get rid of this older version. This is what they want you to think about, because once they have you hooked, you'll start comparing and start looking and say, what can I do to make this better? But notice how we are in a time that they don't have door-to-door -door sales anymore. 
Remember back in the day, right, they would knock on the door to share, but now everybody's got an internet, everybody's got a social media post, everybody can just share their thing as long as they can get your email to get you locked in. But now, here's a new thing, right, you want to go to your favorite video, but you got to watch this commercial first. There's so much ad out there, how can I get you a capture all to let you know? I, I know you want to get this video, but you got to spend 15 seconds. To hear about my product before you can skip ad, <laughs> you got to at least give me my 15 seconds, right? So they try to give it all at the beginning for you to lock in. Next thing you know, you start watching the ad. Like, oh, what, what is going on? This might be something I might investigate in. We always want to get you to look, to see, to open up. But here's the beautiful thing. That advertisement, commercial, understand we want to come to where you are to sell what we have. Well, look what God did. He sent Jesus to come to where you are. To show you what you can have. Jesus shows us how we can live a better life with him. With Jesus, we can find rest, peace, joy, love, forgiveness, redemption, healing, and eternal life, just to name a few. <laughs> this, just Jesus will tell you that your old life, which is damaged because of sin, and, and you have the inability, you're not capable to re- redeem yourself. This situation is not your fault. <laughs> you have been been cursed because Adam messed it up for everybody. <laughs> Psalm expressed our condition in, in 51 and 5 says, For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. We are stained by the blood of our sin and wickedness. And we know how the song says, What can wash me? <laughs> Why the snow? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. When we understand that I am in need of something to change my wretched condition, nothing but Jesus can make me better. Jesus can make you new. But here's the condition of us being brand new. We got to repent and follow him. We need to let go of our old self that is destined to death and destruction. And embrace the Jesus as your Lord and Savior, resurrected Redeemer, and experience a life of hope and peace as you walk with him and walk in this sinful world. I want to encourage us today that you can know that your life can be brand new, not just uh, one day a week, but every day of the week with Jesus. Here's the thing of that oftentimes that they say you want, as soon as you get brought your new item, they got a new one on the shelf. Man, I should have got this one. And, and they tell you, this is the latest one, right? You bought it, you go home, they say no, they send you another email because now they got your contact information because you bought the new product. Say, here's a new product. I just bought this one. <laughs> now they want me to buy another one. And, and here's the other thing, too, what they say, it fixes the old problems. <laughs> You're like, well, I bought something new that got problems. I got to buy this one just to fix it. But here it is. But God is pointing out to us that I know you got problems, but every day you can have a fresh start. In Christ. See, in Christ, we are blessed. Our, when we understand that our blessings come from Christ, our blessings come when we can submit to the will of God. We're no longer living for ourselves, uh, for this sinful nature and this flesh, but we want to live for him. And here's a beautiful thing that we want to know that God gives us a gift each and every day. Y'all know what that gift is? Grace. Grace. When you think about what is grace, if you just look back in 2022 and you think about how there was a time and a moment in that year where you were stressed out and you're wondering how you're going to make it out 
and you're here right now, that's God's grace. Because when you look back and see what, what did you do that brought you out, and you look back like, I didn't do anything, but things has worked out, that's God's grace. We, we, we give a lot of different vocabulary words to God's grace. I was just lucky. Um, it, it was just my opportunity. Right? Um, I worked hard enough to get it. We, we have all kinds of things that line up with it, but I'm going to help, help you understand something. If God does not want you to have something, let me, let me give you another biblical example. Let my people go. Pharaoh didn't want to go, but Moses was like, yo, yo, you need to let my people go. Like, ah, God said, I, I got you. Don't worry about it. He's not going to listen. <laughs> but after all this happened, he's going to find out that I am God. And you will know that I am God. I want you to understand that if, if God does not want you to have something, it's going to be done. That you, There's nothing you can do about it. But here's the beautiful thing, that God wants you to have life and life more abundantly. Even when you don't know how to have life more abundantly, he's providing ways to help you find your way back on the right path. That's God's grace. Coupled with God's grace is his love. When we talked about it last week, about begin again and be born again, we looked at the third chapter of John, and I specifically missed the, th- the 16th verse, because we all know that verse where it says, for God so loved the world. But what he pointed out to Nicodemus says, you must be born again. In order to, you have to, to see the kingdom of God, in order for you to inherit the kingdom of God, you must be born again. And being born again happens because God so loved us that he sent Jesus to show us the way. Again, the great advertisement of Christ has come saying this is life and this is life more abundant, a life of peace, a life of kindness, a life of gentleness. Even though you're dealing in a sin sick world when people talk about you, stab you in your back, try to destroy you, try to kill you. Y'all, I'm talking about Jesus. This happened to him. If he could walk this earth and pray and bless and curse, how much more can we do so when people are even trying to kill us, but they're just talking about us? So his unfailing love gets coupled with his gracious souls to us, which leads to our salvation. And so when this, this letter by Paul writes in a theological term, a soteriological means it's a, it's a letter about saving salvation. And when you look at this sixth chapter, when we get in almost into the meat of him unpacking about how we ought to live because what he's done for us. And Romans with Paul talk about how I'm not ashamed of the gospel, but has the power to save. And when we understand this power of the gospel and how it can save, and then how shall we live? Ask your neighbor, how are you living? Well, chapter 6, verse 1 is going to try to test it. Look at this. It says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Hmm. We already established that God's grace is his gift that he freely gives to us. But now Paul is trying to point out here, how are you living? Are you abusing God's grace? Are you taking advantage that he's blessed you to get out of so many messes? You will keep on living in mess. Hoping that God keeps on delivering you out of your mess. And you're not going to try to get right, but just tell everybody, oh, he loves me. We make excuses, we make allowances for our sins, thinking that God is going to keep on bailing us out because he loves us. Yes, he loves us, but also he shall judge. But look what Paul is asking. He says, well, then, should we keep on sinning 
so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace. Look how he helped y'all out. If y'all wanted to answer the question, yes, he says, nope. <laughs> of course not. God forbid. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? And so now my question is, how shall you now live knowing this truth? Should you keep on sinning? The answer is no. And the reason why we are dead to sin. Think about buying something new. More importantly, let me give the example of when you purchase a new residence and you sell your former residence. When you sell your old house, you are now instructed to give up your keys and get all of your items out of that house. Why is that? Because it's not your house anymore. Even though you have nice memories in that house, you might have some affinity towards that house, you might like the neighbors surrounding that house, but that house you have now sold is not your house. You may even have some soap ingrained habits that even when you're coming home from work, for some reason you feel you're driving to that old house, knowing that why am I right here? Because you're used to that habit that this is how I used to go home and find my place of peace and refuge. But now you know if you walk up through that door, there might be some problems, some complications you don't want to deal with. Like, what you doing here? This is not your house. But yet, when you go to your new house and you got your new furniture and your new stuff, or maybe you brought some of your old stuff with you that feels like home, you can walk around and be in that place. Why is that? Because that's your new house, and you can't get back to your old house. But let me bring it back to the spirituality where Christ is saying that if you are dead to sin, why are you going back? To what you left behind. You should not be living in that condition. You should be living in a, a bigger, better, brighter state of mind in Christ. We are alive in Christ. And we are dead to sin. So why do we keep on going back to our burial ground? Going back to our pain and our suffering, thinking we were happy back then. Let's no longer look back to our old life, but let us look forward to our new life in Christ. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Think about it, what it means to be dead in sin. It means that we have to be a full disciple of Christ. Jesus says, you are not my disciple unless you can deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow after me. To die, to be dead, means there's no life in this. And when we understand there's no life in this, that means that I will have to change my life to be a life of peace, a life of love, a life of joy. My sin, my flesh desires what is evil, what is wicked. I have been at enmity with God since I was born. I didn't know I was doing wrong, but I enjoyed doing wrong because I didn't know what right is. But when we come to know what right is, then we see how the enemy wants us to stay, keeps us in the darkness and not have us move into the light. But when we understand the life, we want to walk in the light. We want to live in the light because God is the light. And when we're walking in the light, we expose the wickedness. We expose our sin. We also realize that, Lord, I, I wasn't right back then. And I want to be, live right now. We got to be dead. We got to realize that this flesh only is, going to, is only going to give forth death. James says that. Is your own wicked desire where sin comes from. And once you have given birth to it, it's going to give birth to death. There's nothing good coming out of it. 
And when we understand that we're living a life of sin, we're living a life of death, we're frustrated because we're not getting any production. We're not seeing any fruit because there's nothing to be born out of what is dead. And when one is dead, it is nothing, it's only good to be destroyed. And the Bible always points out destruction and judgment with fire. It's only good for the fire. And here's a beautiful thing that God's pointing out to us that if we come to him, if fire does come, we won't be burned. We'll come out as pure gold, refined and renewed because he'll take off the things that are not like him so we can be more like him. We find our identity in Christ in new life. Thinking about um, my daughter is learning how to drive and, and uh, we're preparing to go get her driver's license. And then also as I, I had to go and get me a state ID as well to realize that in order to get that, I got to prove who I am. So I have to have a proof of identity. And here it is that if we are alive in Christ, we should look like Christ. Join me in Romans 6, chapter 3 through 4. It says, or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ, Jesus, in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. I want us to know our identity. Do you identify yourself as a follower of Christ? Then you will have proof of this evidence. In order to prove that you are a U.S. citizen, right, you have to have a birth certificate. And if you don't have a birth certificate, they will also validate a baptism record. And that's all. They will validate a baptism record because oftentimes when someone's baptized, they will have the name and the birth date and the identification of the child. And they say, well, the church ain't going to lie. We ought to validate who we are. Do you know when you were baptized? Do you remember your baptism? Do you remember the means that if I'm baptized, I identify that I am dead to this world, but alive in Christ? And here's the other part I want to ask you. Can you prove it? <laughs> Can people comment on your life and say, I know you've been baptized. I, I know you've been born. And I know you've been changed. I see the change in your life. Now, I'm not saying that you are perfect, but I'm saying there's some evidence out there that some people can speak up and say, I know this person has been changed. We know it's by God's grace that we're not where we ought to be, but thank God we're not where we used to be. That we're going to have more people speaking up and say, I've seen the growth, I've seen the change, I've seen someone be better than they have because of God working in them. This baptism that Paul is pointing out again is symbolic that when we go under the water, when we are immersed and submerged in the water, we are buried in the ground. But when we are raised up out of the water, then it also signifies our relationship with Christ, how he too rose from the grave and defeated death. This great, succinct part he points about the baptism is also talking about the resurrection. Because Jesus says, I am the life and the resurrection. Though you believe me, though you shall die, yet you shall live. We are united in Christ. And what does it mean to be united in Christ? Well, look what Paul says. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. 
We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Being united with Christ means that we have power over death and sin. Y'all see that there in the text? See, when we have the power of Jesus, we don't have to fear death. Because Jesus died so that we might have peace. And, and having peace means I'm in right relationship with God. And being in right relationship with God means that I am walking according to his will and doing what he wants me to do. I'm no longer living for myself, but I'm living for his glory. I'm living for his kingdom. I'm doing what he's asked me to do. And then also I look back and realize if he died for me, shouldn't I live for him? When he took my place, he took my penalty, he took my shame, he took my guilt. By his stripes, I'm healed. I've been revealed and, and renewed because of the blood of the Lamb. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 said, yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced. For our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Jesus' death unites us because we are experiencing his death, burial, and resurrection. We are experiencing how we are being dead to this world and alive in Christ. We're no longer going to be living for the flesh but living under the subjection and the obedience of the Holy Spirit. We will one day totally understand what it means of the total resurrected body when our bodies be made like his. But until that time, we have been blessed by his spirit to know that we shall not die. <laughs> Think about it, that we are already there, but not yet. <laughs> that we are already in heaven, but not in heaven. We are, we are already in Christ, but not with Christ. But he's going to come back again, and we're going to understand in totality what it means to be with him. To be new in Christ is free from sin. Here's the thing about when it occurs is what it means to be free from sin. It does not mean that you will not sin again. But it encourages us and helps us to understand that we will sin less. We are not sinless. But we sin less, which means that I did curse, but I curse less. I did lie, but I lie less. We do all the things we should, we used to do. We do it less because we still sin. We still mess up. But yet we understand that I'm not going to stay. We won't catch ourselves in the lie. So you know what? I'm lying. Please forgive me. Here's the truth. Oh, I, I lost my temper and I didn't handle it right. Please forgive me. Let me apologize for the words that came out of my See, we understand I want to live a life that's pleasing unto God, even if I got to confess. Y'all might heard this say the saying, right? Confessing, you know, it's good for the soul, but bad for the reputation. Here's a beautiful thing. I, I'd rather be clear with God than be, be ashamed in front of you. I don't want God to be ashamed when he comes back to me because I didn't want to be embarrassed. I'll be a fool for Christ if I got to be a fool in front of you. But I found out when I'm a foolish for Christ, I'm wise in God's sight because fearing the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When I can confess, I can 
I can humble myself. Here's the challenge in this world that people don't like people being humility, um, but humility. Uh, people are going to court only because people cannot admit when they were wrong. They don't. They won't say they were wrong. They said just say I don't remember. Because now you can't say I was lying if I don't remember. And and I remember y'all might remember this sin too in baseball when the when the Senate got involved with baseball because they were upset about the steroids, right? All these baseball players out there being being inquisitive about did you take steroids? I don't remember. Or some found out lies. said, no, I did not take steroids. The later on, test came out. You've been suspended. <laughs> and when baseball suspended them because they found out they took steroids. See, they were in the place. I don't know how to cover this up. But when you live in a time of you can tell the truth. And this is what my mom told me. You can tell the truth, saying you ain't got to remember your last lie. When we tell the truth, when we set ourselves free, there's a freedom that comes to realize that, Lord, no longer am I living for this world. I'm living for this kingdom. I'm not a slave. Think of what it means, this text, to be slave. Look at Romans 6, chapter, verses 6 and 7. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that the sin might lose its power in our lives. Y'all see that there? If I've been crucified with Christ, then sin has lost its power. It means it's lost its hold over me. That means it's easier for me to say no than it was in the past. Then also, I know better, so I should do better. Then it goes on to say that for when we were di- when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. It loses its power, and we were set free of its power. So why are you still living in sin? Have you not been liberated? Who the Son sets free is free indeed. If we are going to walk in this new life, we cannot walk in our own sinful way, but we got to walk in this new life in Christ. I'm going to encourage and emphasize this word new means that you're going to go someplace you have not been before. You might do some things you have not done before. Hence, that's why it's called new. And doing new things can be scary. It can be upsetting. It can be shaken. That's why the disciples got upset with Jesus one time when someone came to him saying, Master, I want to follow you. And you let them know that, no, y'all can't follow me. Y'all not good enough. The disciples got mad and said, Lord, we met, left everything to follow you. What's going on? Are oh, we not enough? He says, y'all going to be rewarded <laughs> for what y'all are doing. He, he helped them understand, like, hey, don't get caught up with what I'm calling them. But yet what y'all doing is good. But yet he had to remind them every day about their sacrifice and what they're doing, even though it seemed like those are hitting at them and, and attacking them. And when they're wondering, are we doing the right thing? Jesus had a reminder, no, y'all doing the right thing. Because we got to let go of our past to embrace the new. We are no longer controlled by the flesh. We are awakened to the power of the Holy Spirit. And we said live in life of submission. When Jesus was baptized, the, the word of God says that he was propelled by the Spirit to go out into the wilderness. There's some times in our lives you're going to feel the unction of the Holy Ghost. But you're going to feel like, oh, that's scary. I, I don't want to do that. that. That's the Holy Ghost letting you know, like, it's going to be all right. But yet it's going to be scary because it's something new. I, I, I want to have a few Bible studies with me. I'm, uh, let me help you out. Uh, Moses died, and Joshua was chosen to succeed him. Um, Moses saw these people turn on, I'm sorry, Joshua saw these people turn on Moses. 
and he grew up with these other cats that he knows like they don't know everything that I know. But God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. In that same chapter of Joshua, he tells them that every place your feet touches, Joshua, it is yours. So he's letting them know that the promise is going to be fulfilled through you, Joshua, but I know they're going to be against you, but reminded this, that I will be with you, just like you saw me with Moses. And now here's the thing, Joshua saw some things. Joshua was up there with Aaron and her holding up the, you know, when they were holding up the arms, he was down there fighting and said, keep them arms up, we're going to win. <laughs> he was with them when he saw them walk across the water. He was with them, and then God showed him that I chose you. And, and then Joshua saw God keep the sun still. And so Joshua understands this. I want to encourage you that if God can do it for them, he can do it for you. I want to encourage you to understand that enemies are going to try to stop you and kill you and destroy you. That's why Christ came to let you know there's no power over you that cannot be broken. We deal in a time that people feel so trapped, that feel so chained, that feel so condemned, that yet the power of love of Jesus can set you free. We are no longer slaves to sin. We are not robots. We are not pre-programmed that we got to follow. We have we can download this new software that can get rid of all that malware. And we can, we can update our interface <laughs> so we can do better and greater things. God, if you buy a computer, they will tell you which is the newest chip. God's always going to give you the newest chip with the best, best data, best information, so you can move and operate at the best speed. Because when the sun sets free, it's free indeed. Since we died with him, why don't we live with him? Notice here in verse 8, it says, since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. Another translation says we believe. Well, I want to highlight this, that Paul is speaking from a sense of so much faith and so much confidence that he does not care what anybody else says. I know this for myself, that I died with Christ, so I will live with him. Here's the thing about to live with him means this, what? Christ is alive. I, I was at a few more amens in, in the church. If you amen out there with me online, I appreciate that. I couldn't hear I couldn't hear you though, but you can like on Facebook, let me know. But I would say Jesus is alive. And because he is alive, that's how we can face tomorrow. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow in his hand. Now, I don't know where my child may be, but I thank God that you can stretch out your hand and watch over my child. You go watch over my friend. We in times right now, we understand after we came out of COVID, there's so much isolation. How many times we cried on God, Lord, I can't visit my loved one. But Lord, will you bless him with your presence? To know that he's alive and he's able to move, he's able to do, he's able to act, he's able to hear, he's able to speak. Oh, glory be to God, he's able to hear. Jesus wants us to know a life of free, of liberty, of freedom, of liberty, and free of guilt and free of shame. And free from the power of sin. We are sure of this. His, the confidence again, Paul reiterates. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and we will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. I'm going to stick a pin there. I'm going to stick a pin in there uh, right there. Uh, I want you to highlight closely here what he says. Death 
no longer has any power over him. Before that it says, we will what? Never die again. I want you to highlight this because there was a popular hip-hop song out there, YOLO, You Only Live Once. But I want you to understand that you can only live once, but you can die twice. I want you to understand here that, yeah, you can live your best life now, and you can live your worst life later. Or you can live your worst life now. Look, I told your best life later. Y'all don't hear me? What's here on earth is not as great what's there in heaven. <laughs> I can have everything I want right here, but when I get to heaven, <laughs> but when I see Jesus, you understand there's going to be a, a different, there's going to be a better upgrade because <laughs> it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. I had a few people that follow me. I've been talking about all this new stuff all this time. Y'all didn't catch all what I just said right there. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. The old things have passed away before all things become new. We got a head start of getting caught up when he sends down a new heaven and a new earth because he's beginning a new thing in us right now. Revelation 20 and verse 6 says, Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them, the second death, the second death, Holds no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. Later on, it goes on to say he threw the second death. I'm sorry, he threw death. He threw the, 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 the dragon, all the stuff from the thousand years into the abyss. And that was the second death. I want to highlight here. There's people out there that don't believe in hell. That's fine. It's, it's going to be sad when you get the evidence. You, you, know, uh, you know, the Bible tells you don't argue with the fool, then you both become a few. But there's another proverb out there saying that when, fool, when a wise man and a fool is arguing in a distance, they both look the same. What I want to highlight here, I don't need to argue with somebody if they don't believe in heaven or they don't believe in hell. I'm going to let them know that soon you're going to find out. But yet, what's wrong if I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins? Tell me, what's wrong to turn the other cheek? What's wrong to pray for my enemies and bless them and curse not? What's wrong to be benevolent, to be kind, to be caring, to, to, to promote nonviolence? What's wrong with, with praying for people instead of trying to beat them up every time they get on my last nerve? We live in a time now that someone tell you they don't believe in heaven because they don't want to do what is right. Because if I believe in heaven, then I know I'm going to heaven. And I don't want to say I'm going to hell because life has been too good to me. But when I realize that God's been too good to me, then I don't care about what this life has to offer. But I know in my life in Christ what it has to offer. So how can I be alive in Christ and still living in an old, condemned, deadly house? But I need to get up out of this house and realize I got a new kingdom. I got a new God. I got a new life over in glory. So let me let go of this old self and embrace this new self. I, I tell you now, you can die twice, but I'm going to live again. Jesus says that I am the life and the resurrection. If you believe me, though you shall die, yet you shall live. 
So I don't want to live once. I want to live twice. <laughs> Do you want to be born again? <laughs> Have a new life in Christ. This life in this earth is not your best life. I know there's a lot of books out there how you can live your best life. But I want to encourage you that your best life is yet to come. Because when Jesus comes back with all power, with all glory, that's going to be your best life. Good day now, children. May the Lord bless you real good. On your way home, you're going to tell somebody, I got new life in Jesus. I'm letting go of the old. I'm holding on to the new. I'm so glad that he died for me. He set me free. Satan had me bound, but Jesus lifted me. The darkness was all around, but I've seen the light and the light and the bright and the morning sun. Jesus is the end. Jesus is my all and all. He has given me life, and this life cannot be destroyed. This life cannot be touched. I'm so glad today that Jesus, good God from Zion, that Jesus is going to give us the strength and the power to overcome whatever comes our way. Encourage somebody, let them know that Jesus got your back. Oftentimes, we feel like we're by ourselves. But Jesus is letting you know that I've come, that I've given you power to overcome whatever's in your way. I want to encourage you. This new life, you don't got to wait until you get to the gym. You don't have to wait until you win the lottery. Hello, somebody. You don't got to wait until this new check comes in or you get this new loan or whatever it is that you want to do. All you got to do is get on your knees. You can stand right where you are. You can be right where you are and just say, Lord, here I am. Take me as I am and make me over. Is this your prayer? Say, Lord, take what's ever not of you and remove it and fill me up with more of you. So I can walk like you. Talk like you. Live like you. So that I can have the identification that I can prove. That I'm a child of God. I want to encourage us as I close is to say that we want to reign with him. But we have to be willing to endure pain for him. Don't be ashamed of that you love Jesus. Go and tell somebody how he has set you free. And how they too can be set free. Because who the son sets free is free. Indeed, let us pray. God, we just thank you that you have given us victory over death. Lord, we thank you that in you there is life. Lord, we thank you because of you. We know what life is and we have a taste of it. And help us, oh God, that we want to walk this earthly journey with our eyes stayed on you. Lord, help us not to lean on our own understanding. But in all our ways, acknowledge you and you will direct our path. We thank you, God, that you'll give us peace that transcends our understanding, guarding our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then, Lord, I pray there might be someone who does not know Jesus. But, Lord, they say, I want to know him. And, Lord, I pray they confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins, defeated death, and rose again from the grave on the third day. And he is ex exalted and seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord, I pray that they can say, Lord, I accept you.
as my personal Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that they can let go of the old and embrace this new. That they will deny themselves and pick up their cross and follow after you. Lord, I pray you guide them to a Bible-believing, teaching, preaching church where they can enjoy the fellowship of baptism and the communion of the saints and continue to be discipled and grow according to your wisdom, your grace, and your mercy. Lord, we just thank you for how great your love is towards us. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. That might have been you out there. It might be you here in this church. You look into John and you say, I've given my life to Christ. I want to know what it is to be baptized, be immersed, and be brought up new in life in Christ. You're welcome to join this place and fellowship. You're right there online. You're welcome to connect with us through email or our website or our app so we can better follow up with you and disciple you and help you grow in the admonition of our Lord. As we continue on in worshiping here in this place, we're prepared to give God his tithes and our offering. We freely give back to him what already belongs to him. Uh, we ask you to give as, as God has prospered you and those who have desired to give yet have not. We thank you that God provides for everything that we need. Let us pray and prepare to give God his tithes and our offer. Mighty God, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy. Uh, we thank you for your love. And we thank you, Lord, for your peace. And Father, we ask to bless as we have these gifts to give back to you. It already belongs to you. And Lord, bless those that have desired to give but yet have not. Uh, we thank you, Lord, you provide our every need. Now, Lord, bless what is given for the for the work of your kingdom, the work of your ministry, and the, and the proclaiming of your gospel. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. As a, us is coming forward, uh, amen, I want to also say we had a, a thank you card. And so from the uh, Mother Jackson family says, thank you. Thank you, family, for your best, uh, your sending thanks. And from Mom, Mother Jackson, and for her family, love, Sister Ida Rutledge. And she also gave an offering, too, so we will make sure we submit that in as well, too. Amen. And find the usher's direction.
join us this morning in person. Thank you for those who join us live online. Amen. God bless you and keep you. Amen. Maybe rise, prepare.